Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. What's up, everybody? It's episode 16 of Ripstop on the Record. Today, we're talking with Miles Lucas, who is uh, kicking off our adventure sponsor update. So we'll tell you more about that in just a second, and you'll hear from him in just a minute. But first, we have two good announcements, including Free Fabric. That's right. This Friday, um, two winners will receive a half a yard of the new X-Pack V21 Ripstop. And to enter, just go on to our social pages, either Instagram or Facebook, to see how you can win. Um, also, another little update for all of our Dyneema lovers. Uh, the price of Dyneema will be increasing 5 to 10% per variant on Friday, May 21st at 11.59 Eastern time. So if you're trying to stock up on your Dyneema collection, um, get it now. It's your time. That's right. And just so you know, this is not our price increase. Dyneema has released a press release that you can read a little bit more about that. Uh, obviously, nobody would choose to raise the price, especially us of all people, but that's coming down, kind of the cost is getting passed down through the chain. So we're sorry, that is the way it is, but we're still carrying it, no stress, just we're trying to give you a chance to get the best price possible right now. So on this episode, we'll be hearing from Miles and his bikepacking trip on the Tour de Los Padres. That's it. Thanks, Avery. On <laughs> the Tour de Los Padres, we're going to be talking about a lot of images that he took and sent us of this trip. So we're going to do a great job of explaining it so you can try to visualize it as you listen. But if you want to see the photos for yourself and if you want to engage with the podcast a little bit more, this week's blog, which will be released on Sunday, will have a lot of the photos that Miles took on his bikepacking trip. And you'll be able to read a little bit more and see those, the photos that we're referring to on that blog. So pull that up, go check that out and enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Miles. We are super excited to hear all about your bikepacking adventure. Um, before we get into it, do you want to just let everyone know who you are, what you do, where you live? Um, give us a little color about yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, my name is Miles Lucas, as you may have heard. <laughs> Uh, I live in San Luis Obispo, California, on the Central Coast, uh, which is a really cool small town in between the Bay Area and LA. And um, I work uh, I, I work as a prototype machinist for a bicycle component company. Some people may have heard called SRAM. Um, so I'm um, making bike parts is kind of my <laughs> my day job. Um, but I'm when I'm not here, I'm pretty much I'm in my shop a lot. I have a second shop, and um, so car projects, motorcycle projects, and and then I got into sewing um, after I hiked the John Muir Trail a few years ago. And uh, and yeah, since then, I've been like really, really excited about sewing stuff. So um, I have my sewing stuff back at home and it's been a, it's been like a really cool learning, like climbing that learning curve and learning about the fabrics and how everything gets jointed and everything. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> so that's, so that's that. What sort of parallels do you see between... I mean, like you work with your hands a ton, right? You're working with mechanics and things like that to, to sewing. What do you see there? You know, it's, it's actually been an interesting um, learning curve because like, like with woodworking and machining, like these subtractive processes, um, 
I feel like it's maybe somewhat easier to visualize. Like you start with a block and you put some poles in it. And with sewing though, it was, it was, a, it, it was like totally different because you're working like inside out and then backwards and like it's a, uh, and it's really process driven. So you're yeah. thinking like, you know, kind of with all these projects, you're thinking steps ahead, but sewing it, I felt like I had to think even further ahead. And because um, sometimes you kind of, as we've probably all been there, like sew yourself into a corner and you're like, oh, I should have put that tab on earlier, yeah. but I didn't. And now it's all like, you know, I put the binding on and everything. So uh, anyways, yeah, it's been um, like different uh, mental strategy to, uh, to figure that stuff out. So, yeah, that's really cool. We don't have, I don't, I mean, everybody that we talk to generally has like a hands-on background. Um, but it's interesting that yours specifically is kind of more machine driven. So tell us about your adventure miles. So you were one of our 10 adventure sponsors for, for 2020. Tell us what you did. Yeah. So we did a, um, uh, we did a bike packing trip, um, around kind of around the central coast. And, um, we, like I was, I was talking to my, my girlfriend, Catherine, that came along and we were, we were like thinking about stuff to do and we're like oh well like we can go to like she had this trip in Idaho for idea and I was like man that sounds really cool but like with COVID and everything it's kind of uncertain so um I was like well there's all this cool stuff to do around here so let's just uh do this trip right from our doorstep which was really cool so really fortunate to like live in an area that has um stuff as accessible as that so so yeah our trip was um we started in San Luis Obispo and we went south um so there's there's a um there's like this, I don't know if it's a race or ride, to be honest. It's kind of this like semi-informal thing. It's called the Tour de los Padres. Okay. And um, it's a bikepacking like route um, in the Los Padres um, that I kind of based this off of. Um, but I added in like starting from San Luis, pedaling to it, doing that, and then pedaling back kind okay. of thing. So yeah, we started in San Luis and then um, like took some back roads and pretty, pretty quickly got on dirt. And then we're able to like take dirt, um, dirt back roads and fire roads and whatnot to eventually get to the, the route. So the route, yeah, the kind of the highlight of it was what's called the Sierra Madre Ridge, which is this really cool uh, prominent ridgeline that runs north-south, um, okay. like kind of east of Santa Maria and then almost to like Santa Barbara. Um, so it covers a fair bit of ground and um, you're on this, the ridgeline is probably about like four to, I think it goes up to like 6,500 feet. So you have a fair bit of elevation and you're also like pretty close to the coast too. So it's like kind of an interesting combination of uh, mount, like mountainous area, but also like coastline, not too far away. And um, so yeah, and the Sierra Madre Ridge was really cool. Um, it, there's like a, it was really interesting how the terrain changed. It's, you know, you started off and it's kind of like kind of central coast um, landscape, like Manzanita trees and kind of loose and rocky. Sure. You start getting higher in el um, ele elevation and next thing you know it's like pine trees and felt like we're in the sierras um there was even some snow drifts like up there still okay. which was interesting and then as you drop down the front side uh as you get closer to santa barbara it's like yucca plants and desert like terrain huh. and it was like all in one day you know we kind of like <laughs> go through go through all this which was really cool so yeah and then we, we kind of loop back around um kind of by ojai which is another town um kind of east of Santa Barbara. And then, so the original plan was to then head back north through Carrizo Plains, um, Carrizo Plain National Monument. And uh, the kind of the, the re that was like the return portion. And that was kind of all on the road actually. And uh, we ended up kind of having to change it. Um, we didn't do the return. I had routed this route to be like 
pretty ambitious with our our days <laughs> and um i was looking at the, so we kind of did back to back like 60 to 70 miles a day with eight to ten thousand feet of climbing um which was like <laughs> i knew it was going to be hard and i think i kind of underestimated it with the weight of the bikepacking bikes like all the okay. gear and everything um we also are a little bit late in the season and mo- almost all the springs were dried up so uh <laughs> we were like oh, getting no. the springs that we planned on and we're like oh no <laughs> there's no water <laughs> so uh actually on, on day one we we had we got bailed out by like a rancher um that for- he had a well on his property so fortunately uh he let us let us get some water so so that got tricky um and then day three it got really hot so anyways we did the we did the backcountry dirt portion which was the main portion that i wanted that was like the main main bit of it but as we got to ojai on day three we ended up being one of our team members was he was like i'm gonna i gotta pull the plug and i'm gonna take the train back so we kind of all decided it's like well we did the main part and we ended up pulling the plug too so but um so yeah we didn't quite do our initial plan but we did um we did the main part that we wanted to do (laughs) so so how many miles did you end up doing in total? I think we did about 180, maybe about 190. So wow, we still got, it was still like a chunk of a chunk of pedaling for sure. So yeah, <laughs> I'd yeah. say <laughs> decent amount, decent day, <laughs> these couple of days. Yeah, that's wow. awesome. You talked a little bit um, or mentioned like the weight of your setup and the weight of the bike. Um, what, what does that look like? Like how much gear were you carrying? How much did that weigh? Yeah, um, let's see. So my girlfriend and I shared a tent, so we had to go with a two-person tent, um, which we don't have a particularly light one. Um, just kind of like already on my mind. I was like, that'd be a cool project to make a tent. <laughs> I don't have any experience, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, tent and then like food and like water is like water is heavy, as we all know. Um, and, like food is heavy. Um, yeah, sleeping bags, like sleeping pad and small camp stove. And of course, trying to do everything really light. So uh, I, I didn't weigh my bike. I'm, I'm guessing I was in the 50 to 60 pound range with everything. So um, somewhere in there. Yeah. Awesome. It sounds a lot better to have 60 pounds on a bike than on your back. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a biker, yeah. so I don't know the difference, but I do know or have been told, obviously, like the more weight you have on a bike, it's like a little bit harder to control. Um, it definitely changes the handling characteristics for sure. Yeah. Especially when it's on like the handlebars and fork, like you're steering, then like that, that can get kind of weird, especially if it's like a technical section. Um, but yeah, having the, having the weight on the bike is much more ideal than on your back. Um, so. <laughs> so what did you, I mean, I want to touch on the adventure more as well, but just with, as it flows, what did you make for your bike bags? What did you use? Fill us in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I made, I made almost all my gear and used it almost all for the first time (laughs) on on this trip. So, um, so the, the main thing, um, that I was, I had kind of been playing this idea, uh, was I made my, my saddlebag, um, lots of bike packing bikes use like a large saddlebag, maybe like Mm -hmm. 10 to 12 liter kind of size. Um, and it kind of, you know, it kind of hangs off the back and, um, you you can fit quite a bit of stuff in there. Um, the issues I've had in the past with those is they, um, they often like sway kind of side to side when you stand up the pedal, it's a fair bit of weight to put like high up on the bike. Um, so I had this idea a while back and I was like, man, it'd be really cool if I made this like kind of metal frame of some sort, um, that kind of hung out and it gave then now I have this, like, not quite a surface, but I have this like hoop to kind of strap everything to. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
and of course like adding metal components is like those can be heavy mm -hmm. um so i was i kind of spent a lot of time kind of like designing it and thinking it through so i, I machined a, a handful of little brackets um, um that then clamped to the seat rails and then so that bolts the seat rails and you can kind of position it along the seat rail to kind of get some yep. angle i have another pivot in there that then i can kind of like got a finer adjust of the angle Okay. Um, and then I had this really light stainless steel tubing. Um, then I, I like bent the tubing, welded it, and then had this this really light hoop that then bolts to that. So um, I, I have I know I have some photos. I think it's in Avery. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I had this and then I don't know. I had I should have weighed it. Never weighed it. Um, I was <laughs> all I all I know is I was pretty satisfied with with the weight though. Um, I don't think I think compared to my previous bag I had. I don't think I added too much weight if I, if I did add weight at all, at all, actually. So, um, and then I used, um, I'm trying to recall the exact Dyneema fabric, but, uh, I think the 2.9, 2.93 ounce. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's like really light Dyneema uh, fabric and, and it, yeah, and it worked really well. And I was really excited because, um, I, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff stuffed in there and I could stand up and pedal the bike and the bag like totally did not sway side to side. And it was like really solid. So I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, so that was like the main, the main thing I spent a lot of time making. Um, that's something that's really interesting about cycling specifically is that I feel like that the, whatever the weight was of your bracket there can very easily be counteracted by if it's not swaying <laughs> and it's yeah. not changing your trajectory as much, just flying back and forth, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for me that, yeah, that the trade-off, if it, if it ended up being a trade-off was yeah, definitely worth it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I did that and then I did some, um, I, I hear people call them feed bags. Typically they, they store food nicely. Um, they mount kind of like next to your stem and handlebars, kind of like cylinder shapes, okay. yeah. kind of oriented vertically. And they have like a drawstring pull cord. And, uh, so I made a few of those, um, stuffed a bunch of food in. Um, I did a new, I did a slightly different handlebar bag for our tent. Um, the tent, the tent bag that we had was like really loose fitting and didn't really, okay. um, attach nicely to the bike. So I just did a, um, a really quick bag to strap better. Uh, then I also did these kind of, I were calling them like mini panniers is what I was, what I was calling them uh, with that same kind of style of uh, stainless hoop. I did a few more of those and I have them they attached to my fork legs. And then that gives me a mounting point for then these bags. I can then strap to those. Mm -hmm. So I was able to fit a fair bit of weight um, or weight and items uh, on my fork legs too. So I did like a roll top bag um, using X-Pack. I think VX, I can't remember if it was a VX 15 or 21, but one of the two fabrics. And um, yeah, they have like a yeah, roll top top and um, I got some more storage on my fork legs. And then, um, oh yeah. And then I did uh, also, I've been playing with a, um, so we were talking about weight on your back, which isn't ideal, but I had to carry some water. Um, so I did do like a really small lightweight um, kind of camelback style hydration pack, um, which, which uses, um, it's just like, it's like, it basically just big enough for the bladder. And like there's okay. like one zipper pocket, so it doesn't add too much weight, but I can carry carry some more water. But it's really small, really lightweight. It sits pretty high on my back. There's actually no waist strap for it, and um, I I quite liked it actually. Um, I when I was pedaling, I didn't really notice it too much. So, um, so that was that was really cool. And I was using um, some Cordura. I think it was the thousand denier. So, mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> so those those were some of the main items I made. Uh, and then lots of like just small like straps, custom little straps that I needed, um, smaller little bags to stuff stuff in, and uh, and that kind of thing. 
Awesome. Um, I I was like writing, yeah. <laughs> writing down to like keep up of all the things no. that you made. <laughs> Sorry. So if we were quiet for a second, no, but I know that me and Jameson definitely have some follow-up questions for you and the stuff that you made. So sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little because I am not a bike packing person. Um, so I just have personal questions. So for the saddlebags that you made, are they just like, how is the closure system on that? Is it like a roll top? Is it like a flap and a buckle? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a roll top. Uh, it's kind of the style. Uh, um, let's see. There's like some styles that have kind of like that flap that kind of go over and you kind of right. like, buckle it or something mine is kind of just a big open mouth with two uh, buckles on the ends and as you like roll it then you can like cinch those together kind of thing so which worked pretty well i wish i made it a hair bigger um but i was like right at the limit with what i had in it um and i was like ah if i just made it like an inch or two longer then it would have been good to go but but yeah as a roll top style um and then i just kind of had some straps um that then kind of like you can imagine it just kind of <laughs> captures the whole thing this way so <laughs> No, that makes sense. It sounds like you worked with a few different materials from like Dyneema and Kodora to making your own straps and drawstring pull cords. Do you have um, any takeaways from all the different fabrics you worked, whether you really hated sewing with Dyneema because it leaves like those puncture holes or maybe Kodora was tougher to sew. Do you have any feedback with the materials that you worked with? Yeah. Um... I guess to start with the Dyneema was, was really cool to work with. I, I knew uh, Ripstop carried it and uh, I'd always looked at it and, and it's like a definitely pricier fabric. So I was always like, Oh, you know, someday I'll like get some of that and try it out. And then with this, it kind of was a cool opportunity. I was like, well, I think it's about the right fabric for what I'm doing. So like, I want, yeah, I want to give it a try. And uh, yeah, it was, it's like, I, I didn't find it too hard to work with. Um, it was fairly thin and my machine was able to get through it um, totally easily. And um it seemed to, yeah, it seemed to hella great. So that was really cool. What kind of machine are you working with? So everyone knows. So I have a, a Juki um, DDL555, I think, like single needle, non-walking foot um, machine, which has been industrial machine, which, which has been really cool. So I, I have, a, I got given a small machine for my mom when I started. And then uh, once I was like, oh, I'm into this, I found one for used um, locally. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, I get that. <laughs> and I've been like super, the industrial machine has been like kind of next level. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a home machine at my house. Like a, it's a really nice one. It's a small home machine. And then this weekend I was dog sitting for, for Carter because he was away and I got to use his industrial machine. And I, I was sewing for like six or seven hours over Saturday and Sunday, just because I was like, man, look at all the things I can rip out in like five minutes. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Faster. Yeah. <laughs> what, one of the things that's been hard is uh, my machine in particular, it uses uh, like the, it's like that clutch motor versus the newer mm -hmm. servo motors. Mm -hmm. So I can't adjust the motor speed yeah. and that mach my machine is so fast <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't fully like figured out how to like control that. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, like the best way. So sometimes I feel like if it's a short stitch, I'm like, I'll manually crank the wheel. Cause I'm like scared that it'll just like take <laughs> off on me and I'll like, so yeah. <laughs> past I'm supposed to get to. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like driving a sports car a little bit. Yeah. Those, those yeah. industrial <laughs> machines, zero to 60 real fast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is kind of cool when you get some long piece though, and you can really take advantage of that and you just like oh, lay on the pedal and just like rips yep. through it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's so true. All right. So back to, back to the bags. I'm really interested in your frame bag specifically. Mm. How did you, um, so I've made a couple, I made a frame bag maybe two weeks ago, like a half frame bag. I did like the daisy chain all along the top and then used shot cord to lace it down. What did, what was your attachment system for that? 
Yeah. So actually, I gotta I gotta uh, take that take it back one step. That was the one piece of gear I didn't make actually. Okay. Um, a friend of mine made that made that frame bag for me, um, like kind of right before I started sewing. Okay. Um, and he does uh he does a bunch of cool like kind of wacky bags like that. Yeah. I remember when I asked him, I was like, he's like, what color do you want it? I was like, just make it not subtle. And, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I've, I've had that I've had that on the bike since. I think I put it on and I haven't taken it off in yeah three years <laughs> that's awesome so so yeah but but i have made a ton of frame bags since then and uh i really like that lace-up style mm-hmm. um i know personally if you don't take the bag off very much yeah. um it's like yeah because it's, it's less convenient when you're like lacing it up but it spreads the load out like really well over the mm-hmm. whole tube so um kind of a pro and con there yeah and yeah so let's see like pretty kind of pretty straightforward um like when i when i make frame bags i'll do like just the two-dimensional like profile of that usually out of cardboard you know then add for seam allowance and then um kind of make it as wide as i can depending on the tubes the tube diameter and yeah and that, so i'm a big fan of the lace-up yeah that's good to know i did that because it seemed like the easiest thing. I didn't have a whole lot of Velcro in my stash. So I was like, Oh, I've got a lot of webbing. I'll take that. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. But no, I'm glad that worked. All right. So you did a, a saddle bag you had your frame bag. You had two, those, those fork bags were on your front or do you also have on your back as well? Just on the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you had the feed bags and a handlebar bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And I didn't know that you made your camelback or the, your hydration bladder pouch you know what as well yeah i um you know i didn't get pictures of it i made it prior to the trip actually and um and and yeah so that's been like one thing i've been working on uh, recently um the one i have is like really rough um the stitching is like not (laughs) particularly anything i'm proud of to show off Um, (laughs) but i kind of intentionally made it so i can undo i'm trying to figure out the strap locations on it so i keep i keep like undoing things and sewing at a different point yeah figuring out the the best spot for the straps yeah the fit piece is so challenging of like a vest style thing, like getting the straps not to wear or chafe or cut or, you know, it, that is, that's a constant struggle. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then like, I mean, like a humans are like, they're so not like square and like it's all these curves <laughs> services and everything. So like trying to find yourself. the best point. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, did you, I think you said you worked like maybe you had a zipper pocket on your hydration pack, but did you add zippers to anything else? And if so, um, what kind of zippers did you use? Like, were you concerned about waterproofing the bag since you're like biking for multiple days, all of those kind of questions? <laughs> yeah, I, I use, um, let's see zippers on my hydration pack. Um, like I said, on the, the frame bag I have has, um, I didn't make that one, but all the subsequent ones I've made have all had zippers on them. Um, I, I'm a really big fan of like the waterproof ones are really cool. Um, like I usually use like a number five, I find. Um, I, I want, I'd like to try some bags like a number three. I feel like I, I started doing zippers with a five and just kind of stuck with it since then. Um, <laughs> I really like doing the zippers with the coil side in um that way because like that's kind of you know what's really doing the the work of keeping the zipper together yeah and by doing it on the inside then i keep the dirt out from the zipper kind of thing so um so yeah do that and then yeah but i think i I use zippers a lot actually once i kind of figured out how to like um like learn to make them look good and whatnot i i feel like i can i can integrate (laughs) them pretty easily so 
I feel like zippers for me were one of those things that I always tried to stay away with. And then I made like a zipper wallet that we sell like those little kits. And I was like, oh, why was I so scared of this? Yeah. I'm a big fan of, um, I want to say, I, I don't know if it has official name, but I've, I think I want to say I heard some bag company called it a zipper garage, like a little like, like mm-hmm. when, you turn, yep. when you close the zipper, it kind of like goes a little pocket. Yeah. So I, know I pretty much do that on most of my, my bags with a little, a little pocket for the yeah. zipper. It just, it just looks good too. It's so, so tidy. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to sew all these little things that you made? Um, it definitely took a while. I, I really don't <laughs> have a number, um, especially cause I was doing a few more stuff like machining and welding stuff. Um, so I don't know the total, total time investment. Um, but yeah, n- numerous days after work, come home and just sewing away sometimes until midnight or so. And so. Awesome. I love that. So I'm looking at some of your pictures right now, Miles, just so we can dig in a little bit more. I want to talk about your, your fork bags. So you use the, the X pack there and then it looks like you, that has the, the flap closure. Is that a Velcro that, that reaches over the top to close that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's super cool. And then how do you, how do you attach that to your bike without it sliding down and then interfering with your, your brakes or with the wheel in general? How does that stay in place there? Yeah, so that has that. I don't know if you can see it in the picture, but there's like that 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 frame, stainless steel frame I was talking about. So it's like a hoop on the backside. Okay. And then um, that that bolts to the. I have these special clamps that then can clamp around the the fork lowers. Okay. And then um, so then I kind of have this frame which gives me this I like see. nice sturdy thing to mount to. And the kind of gist of how that one works is um, the top top is like a big curve, and I kind of just like drop the bag on top of it. So like top down, right? So it drops on, okay. it can't go any further. And then from the lower side, I strap around it kind of thing. I see that now. Um, for everybody listening, we'll we'll be posting a lot of Miles pictures and on the blog this week, it'll be an all an update. So you'll be able to see this stuff uh, for yourself after you hear about it. Um, but in the meantime, we will do our best to explain <laughs> these visually <laughs> intriguing pieces for sure. Um, but that's super cool. Also, just, we ha- it has to be said, your... I mean, you're a pro at it, obviously, but your metalwork is absolutely remarkable. I can look at the bracket there on your seat right now, and these are so tidy. Like, it's it, this is not like, oh, it looks handmade at all. These are remarkable. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Actually, kind of funny story about that hoop. So um, a few days prior to our trip, uh, we loaded, Catherine and my girlfriend and I, we, we loaded our bikes up and did a quick ride around town okay. um, through some trails and um, to kind of like a little shakedown, see how stuff settles in. And uh, the original hoop I welded, I the way I welded it, I was um, I had these two long welds running lengthwise, okay. and I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, oh, I got you know it's all this bending out here, and I had these two like stress concentrations right at the end of the weld. You know, if I'm like, I was like, ah, not the best way to do it. If I do another one, I'm gonna do it differently. And I was like, but it's probably fine for my trip. Um, the day after that, I was unloading my bike off my hook, and I had the like part of that press into my leg. And it totally just like ripped in half, basically. Like, <laughs> it failed the exact way. I was like, oh, it's totally going to fail like this. And it, it absolutely did. Um, that was like two days before leaving for the trip. So I was like, oh, man. So I like took it off and had to like, then I like redid it, you know, a better way. So, and now it's been solid. So <laughs> that's so funny. Well, that was perfectly timed then. It could not have been any later. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It was really good that it failed then and not on me you know mid-trip or something so yeah <laughs> um i have a question about the photos <laughs> your 
pictures are really beautiful. Like when I first saw them, I was just like, wow. So they were so dreamy. And then me and Jameson were like, oh, we need to go on a vacation. <laughs> but um, just a few questions. So what kind of camera do you use? And then how are you like you storing that? Are you putting it in a dry bag? Um, Cause you're kind of limited with your space, obviously on a bike. So yeah, I know the camera's kind of a tricky one. Cause it's like, yeah, it doesn't store super nicely in pockets and it's shape, and it's like kind of sensitive yeah <laughs> uh, i have a, a so for this trip I, so I shoot a lot of film uh, this trip i shot digital though uh, i have a 5d uh, mark ii um that i shoot with and um and and like film's really fun to shoot um but uh digital is cool because i can just shoot more right <laughs> and uh so i just got to shoot a bunch and uh yeah i just i just shot that with a 50 um 50 millimeter lens so um I know I was really debating. I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to bring my film camera on this trip. And, um, but I was like, oh, it's also, you know, I can play with more like low light stuff with digital and whatnot. So, um, and then were you keeping it in a place that was like easy access? Were you storing it away in bags so it didn't get wet? Or yeah. So that was a tricky one. I ended up strapping it to my, my backpack. Um, and I, I didn't have the best, I'm still, I feel like it's still a thing I'm trying to figure out how to do better. Um, I, I did have a meet, I kind of a little bag for it and it kind of like fits in my backpack that I had. So, um, it was, yeah, it wasn't super ideal worked out, but, um, something I'm like, it's something on my mind to do better. So. Yeah, I feel that I also, um, love taking my camera with me places and I'm always struggling. Like, where do I put it? If I fall, am I going to crush it if I go backwards? And like, I want to like not have to fiddle with a hundred things to get it out, to take pictures, especially if you're just like writing. I mean, some of these shots you have, you're clearly like, there's pictures of other people writing. So you must've been like pedaling and shooting at the same time. Um, no, but that's really awesome. I'm super excited to see your photos and be a part of your journey and really rad. yeah thanks yeah that was fun so i know there's a there's a couple bike nerds that listen for sure maybe they're just in the office but i'm pretty sure there's some other people as well so really <laughs> you tell us what you ride yeah um so uh the bike pictured and that i rode with is actually my first full-size mountain bike i've had okay um so it's a it's an older specialized stump jumper um of a early 2000s i think okay. um i have the fork on it is kind of Frankenstein and I have that, that bike is meant for 26 inch wheels of that era, but I have 27, five wheels fit in it. Um, and they just barely fit. And, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I prefer, it rides a little better like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I've had this bikes for a long, for a long time and it's been, it's kind of been like my, I'll make it a single speed sometimes. Um, it's has gears on it sometimes and I could put different tires for whatever I'm doing and kind of thing, but it's been like a commuter bike and it's like, um, Bikepacking bike in this case. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I raced on it for cross country races. So it's like had all these different lives. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, that was my my specialized stump jumper for that. And then um, I, I usually I'm, I ride a Santa Cruz, um, mm. which has been an awesome full suspension mountain bike. So yeah, yeah. Do you ride a one by? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Very cool. And I'm guessing you ride SRAM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. We're pretty big on the one by system. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad joke there for anybody. <laughs> anyway, um, that's awesome. Okay, so now dialing back to your adventure, I know some people appreciate the the bike piece of that. How much would you say was on tarmac? How much was on single track? How much was this fire road? What did your train look like approximately overall? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, um, we probably did 
we'll probably get at least three quarters of the mileage on dirt um on on fire roads all, all fire roads um okay there was a few options for single track um i know one in particular when you drop down the front side um as you get closer to the santa barbara side there was a single track trail i'm bike packing bikes though i i was like ah that's going to be a little maybe a little dicey and uh it was also kind of later in the day when we got there so but yeah just fire roads for that um probably i would say at least three quarter of it on dirt um mainly just the road was just um initially getting out of town kind of thing gotcha beautiful beautiful that's that's awesome that's kind of perfect it's what you want yeah. <laughs> get away from it all yeah for sure what would you change about your bags, about the fabric that you chose? What do you, what's kind of, I, I feel like everybody in DIY has this kind of this thing in the back of their head. They're like, oh, I love it, but there's this one thing or multiple things. What would you change? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really want to play with waterproofing, proofing stuff more, um, which like, to be honest, maybe it's kind of a, a silly because like Central Coast of California doesn't rain too much. Um, <laughs> I'm also like, if it's downpouring, I'm like, maybe not going to be, <laughs> maybe not pedaling as much yeah. outside. Um, but it's one thing I'd like, like to know how to do though. And uh, I feel like if I'm using waterproof zippers and maybe waterproof fabrics, I feel like there's this last step that like, if I can seal the seams up and, you know, kind of do the full nine yards for that, that's probably a better way to do it. Um, so I'd like to play with that at, le at least to know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. A few of the, I feel like I'm always playing with different roll top um, kind of closures. Yeah. Actually, on my fork bags, one of them, I when I did the first one, I patterned it wrong, and it's it's too short. The roll top is a little weird. Like the Velcro is not long enough, kind of thing. So, um, kind of finding that right form. I'm still I'm still working on that right formula for um, the dimensions for the roll top, kind of yeah. like, whether it be a flap or whether it be um, like my saddle bag kind of style. So, uh, I feel like I feel like I haven't quite got it the way I want it to. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So about the bags, waterproofing and stuff, I know in some, like when I was out West, there were like, I found that dust was almost with, like, there wasn't any rain. I found that the dust was more problematic with entering seams and stuff than the rain itself. Do you, did you notice that too on you? I mean, it looks like there's some pretty fine kind of granular <laughs> dust and dirt and stuff out there. <laughs> That's yeah, to be honest, that's actually a much more valid concern <laughs> than water. Um, I, you know, I didn't really notice that too much. Um, okay. It hasn't been too much of an issue, but uh, you know, now that I think about it, I've definitely, yeah, that would explain, that would explain why, yeah, and like in past, I've not noticed dust and stuff, but. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully our, uh, our hopes align there. We're also our products team, Isaac and Carter are looking at getting some more sealing things. I don't know how much to disclose or what exactly <laughs> even, but like tapes and things like that, that we're hoping to kind of bolster more than just the DCF tape, which is obviously really great, but hoping to get more options there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what was the hardest part of your process of the making? Was it the sewing? Was it the actual trip? <laughs> Yeah, that's, let's see. Um, and you mentioned kind of patterning things too. So I'm not sure um, kind of if you like do freehanded things, if you're using patterns from somewhere else, if you're taking a piece of gear you love and kind of like rehacking it. Um, yeah, I definitely, yeah. Um, almost all the stuff I make, yeah, I, I design it myself, um, but definitely taking cues from um, other stuff I've owned previously. So for example, like some of the dimensions on my saddlebag, my, my previous one I had, I like, uh, I was able, 
to like kind of flip that inside out, measure a few things. And it's like, well, I know about it. I don't want it like this. So, um, so yeah, definitely taking cues from other bags that I have, um, you know, as patterning stuff is kind of tricky for sure. Um, let's see. I know this part. Yeah. Um, I might have to say the trip. The trip was pretty hard. Um, yeah, we were, we were pretty worked <laughs> for sure. So <laughs> like, uh, yeah, probably, probably the trip. I mean, yeah, the, probably the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was pretty significant pedaling. I mean, you said like 70 miles over three days. Yeah, 60 or 70 a day kind of thing, so. Yeah, that's that's legit. How did your stuff hold up over the trip? I mean, you talked about that one time where something broke two days before. Did you yeah. run into problems while you were pedaling? Um, I, I was really pleasantly surprised to find out almost all my stuff worked good. Um, my saddlebag, my the, bolt, the bolted connection I have to clamp on the rails, um, it's like a really rigid bolted connection and, um, I, I'd like to get a little more bolt preload in there. I did have the bolts rattle loose once and then the bag kind of like started moving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had to then just tighten it back up. So it wasn't, it wasn't a super big issue, but, um, something that I, I'd, I'd like to revisit a little bit and hope that doesn't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did have, <laughs> when we were pedaling back to the train, um, through Ventura, we were pedaling, actually, there's a super cool bike path. If anyone down the area that connects Ohio to Ventura, which was like, really pleasant to pedal um i think some of my kids have built some little like jumps in the sides we were messing around had some time to kill uh i like bike all loaded up and like hit the jump and the bag like kind of whipped down (laughs) i landed and uh it like i had my seat lowered on top of that and it like caught the the um the rear tire and it kind of like pulled the whole thing a little bit and uh, everything held up but it was kind of just like definitely was a big mark on it kind of thing so yeah So that's more of, I think, operator error on that one. <laughs> that's funny. I can I can imagine that, like the a really knobby tire, like what you got. Oh, not maybe not really knobby, but like a solidly off road tire, just snagging your back like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the power to weight ratio of Dyneema, though, right? Yeah, I was like, it like kind of like pulled it a little bit, and I was like, oh no, and I like looked at it, and there's like a big scuff mark but i was like oh this thing like totally held up great like that's that's cool to know so <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> well it's been great to hear about your adventure and what you've made and how it held up um but what is next for you in terms of making or adventuring yeah um well off the bat uh as soon as we decided to pull the plug uh, around Ohio and Ventura, I was like, ah, well, we should come back out and I should do a road bike trip uh, at least one night and do that, that return leg that we were going to do, but do that in the opposite order from San Luis back to Ventura. And then like, at least like complete that leg of the trip, just on a different trip kind of thing. Um, so we'll go through Carrizo Plains. Um, Carrizo Plains too, if anyone looks it up. Yeah. Carrizo National Monument, um, super cool this time of the year. Was kind of bummed to not go through it because uh, it's really known for its wildflowers. Um, if you look it up, like Carrizo Plain National Monument, like Super Bloom, it's like, I this year, I don't think we had a Super Bloom because we didn't have much rain. Um, but it's like pretty amazing how, like how many wildflowers you can see out there. So, um, yeah, so that'll be, that's definitely one for sure. Uh, let's do that. Um, for gear, uh, yeah, kind of like I mentioned, um, a, a tent would be really fun to try at some point. I really want to try a sleeping bag too. So I've been kind of like looking into that a little bit, but um I haven't really made any efforts to start that yet. That's like, that's on my mind as well. So I had a few other, yeah, a few other ideas of some other trips down in kind of Southern California area. Um, and some kind of out in the desert. Um, 
yeah, more towards the desert. So I'll kind of see what happens. You touched on it earlier, kind of you, one of your days was pretty, pretty warm. What were the weather considerations? Like, what were you worried about? You know, bugs, not rain, but you know, extreme heat. Like, what were you, what are you <laughs> compensating for, uh, for your trip? So it's a pretty ideal time of the year to do it. Um, that ridgeline, uh, the Sierra Madre Ridge can get really hot uh, in the summer, summertime. Um, our third day, we were, we were kind of in this um, bit of a valley on the backside of Santa Barbara. And that was like, um, I think that got us like 80, 85 degrees or so. It was getting kind of warm for sure. And then kind of lack of water as well. Um, so that was kind of tricky. So yeah, it's pretty fair weather, to be honest. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing too bad. I think we timed it right. We, we timed it a pretty good time of the year to do it. So now this is, uh, we got to, we're, we're wrapping up here, but I am intrigued. Uh, so we, I noticed in most of your, you talked about your kind of your biodiversity there, right? Going from like high desert to kind of touching on like the Sierras, kind of like that kind of deal. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued for you. Like, could you do like a tarp system out there? Do you have the ability to really get into the ground? Like it makes a lot of tent, you know, or a tent makes a lot of sense in the, in the part where like, if you can't stake something, you're going to have a hard time or you don't have trees to rig it up, you know, like um, what was it like out there? And that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that too much. I've used a Vivi in the past. I haven't really used a, I haven't really uh, used a tarp. Maybe I should, I should look into that more. <laughs> there, there's some spots that are, um, would definitely be good for that. Um, yeah. Other spots that are like pretty hard packed ground. Um, sure. I know our first campsite we stayed at was, was pretty hard, hard packed dirt. Yeah. It'd be kind of hard to get to the stake on um but the second night was better so yeah it, it might not be a bad idea for sure well if you need the ultralight key then i'll give carter a call because he uh <laughs> he pretty much lives his life without tents or sleeping bags oh and man i don't even i don't quite understand it but he's got it down it's a science it's it's oh, a really wow. good one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway miles this has been super fun uh talking to you thank you for filling us in and the listeners in on your adventure uh where can people follow you how can they see your adventure and just kind of learn more about you and what you do by instagram i guess is probably what i use the most so that's um just my miles the lucas my name with the in the middle and uh uh yeah that's probably that's probably the biggest thing i guess um Perfect. So I'm on there. Um, kind of another little thing I wanted to throw into it. I forgot to mention a friend of mine actually did a really similar trip um, of this recently. And um, she wrote a really cool art- article on the Radivist. Um, so if anyone types up uh, Sierra Madre Ridge um, and on there, you can see, you can kind of see some more pictures from, from her trip and whatnot. And it was really cool. Also kind of interesting. Apparently that area is, is a little bit on the, before I can gather is kind of on the chopping block of um, oil drilling. So uh, would be really unfortunate to see uh, see some of that land. Um, yeah, not, couldn't recreate on it the way we can right now. So yeah, but another another interesting article with some really cool um, facts and some more some more. Uh, if you're into like geology and more landscapes, I know there's more information on that as well. For sure. Great. Well, we'll definitely get that link from you and um, tag it in the show mm-hmm. notes, and also tagging you in the show notes for your Instagram, so people can look at your cool pictures and see your journey. Cool. <laughs> Cool. So if you want to see more of Miles' adventure his uh, and the journey, check out this week's blog where he'll, you'll see more of his pictures and the gallery like that and hear a little bit more of what you heard today. Other than that, Miles, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Really appreciate your time. Thank, thanks, you guys, too. It was really fun talking to you guys. Cool. All right. Well, have, have fun machining for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. We created Ripstop by the Roll to fuel the DIY revolution and serve the maker community that supports it. Through world-class service, innovative products, and cutting-edge capabilities, it is our promise to always put the success and satisfaction of our fellow makers, aka our customers, above all else. We're here for you. If you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. Now let us make.